Hi everyone, before we get into the episode, I just wanted to say thank you so much for listening and thank you to those who have left reviews and ratings on the podcast. It really does help bring more visibility to the show. I also wanted to let you know that we are on the social medias like Instagram. You can find us at Dietitians Unknown. It's been a while since I've been on Instagram and I've come to the conclusion that there's two criteria that must be met to be awesome at it. One, be good looking. And two, have six-pack abs, neither of which I have, but if you want to follow us for updates on the show, like when new episodes are posted, please give us a follow. I also plan to share some things about how the podcast is doing, like statistics and what kind of recording gear I'm using in case you wanted to start your own podcast. I also want to let you know that there will be no new episodes until after the New Year's as I will be taking a holiday break from the podcast, but I plan on having some episodes on dietitians who work in school nutrition and also nutrition informatics. I also saw that many of you enjoyed listening in on dietitians who work in the food industry and hopefully we'll have more of those interviews. If there's an area of dietetics you want to hear about, please let me know. You can contact me at our website on LinkedIn or Instagram. I hope you all have a wonderful holiday and here's to hoping that 2021 brings a brighter future for all of us. And with that being said, let's start the show. You know when you hear something that seems so interesting or far-fetched and you think to yourself, that's a thing? Like apparently Hormel Foods came out with a bacon scented mask. Like, why is that a thing? Do people really love bacon that much to want to smell it all the time? Anyways, want to know what else is a thing? Dietitians working in correctional facilities. Well, in today's episode, we get to hear from... My name is Harrison Lauer, a registered dietitian, and I'm currently acting program director at San Quentin State Prison. On how working as a dietitian at a correctional facility is definitely a thing. I thought it was very interesting. I don't think a whole lot of people know about dietitians in the correctional setting. And uh, yeah, just one, I just went and I went for it, literally going to prison every day. That's, does that sound like a normal thing for you to go do? <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm Jason Park, and this is Dietitians Unknown. What made you want to become a dietitian? Well, I wanted to become a dietitian because uh, I was always fascinated with, uh, you know, food and nutrition and how it impacts uh, the human body. Um, you know, I'm just I'm very fascinated with uh, how it can have, you know, obviously differing effects of our energy levels. You know, how we're feeling, how we're acting. You know, it's it can be, you know, protein is used a, a lot of times. Uh, you know. For people who like to work out and stuff, it was like a, a performance recovery for, you know, repairing our muscles and things like that. So, and uh, going off of that too, uh, you know, I first wanted to become a chef uh, coming out of high school, actually. Um, I, uh, I grew up in Orange County. So um, <laughs> if anyone is familiar there, I grew up in Southern Orange County, Dana Point. So I was I'm a total surfer boy. I, uh, uh, I went to uh, the Le Cordon Bleu to kind of just check out the campus stuff. I obviously fell in love. You know, they made us dinner and stuff. Uh, but obviously, um, the culinary school isn't really going to pay the bills. It wasn't really very feasible for me to go uh, at the time. So uh, my parents kind of 
uh, whisked me away from that. So uh, naturally, cooking became uh, more of like a hobby for me nowadays. So, and I'm kind of glad it ended up that way. So, uh, I uh, went and uh, played uh, football. Uh, you know, I was playing football in high school and things like that. So I was kind of more in the athletic mindset. So. Uh, received a, a full ride, a full football scholarship to Delta State University in Cleveland, Mississippi. Uh, it's a small Division II school. So, um, and obviously, uh, throughout my athletic career, I played offensive lineman. So I was a pretty big boy. I'm pretty big guy as it is. So, <laughs> I'm yeah, yeah. I'm uh, you know, I'm I'm six three. I'm uh, you know, I, I'm uh, at the time when I was playing ball, I was about uh, three hundred five pounds. So, you know, I was, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I literally was a people mover. So, um, uh, I, uh, that was like my heaviest weight. So, but I was very athletic. I had really, really nice feet. I could, uh, glide, glide on the field surprisingly. So nice. Um, so, I mean, yeah. obviously you had to, I mean, being that big, I mean, like you obviously had to keep up with, with your nutrition and I mean, it sounds like because you kind of had that athletic background and, also, your interest in cooking, I mean, nutrition kind of makes sense. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, tying all that stuff in, you know, uh, after my senior year of uh, college ball, I uh, had private tryouts with the Buffalo Bills and the Oakland Raiders. You oh, know, nice. scouted, uh, yeah, I was scouted quite heavily back in the day. So back in like 20, 2012. So, um, but you know, I, I went to the private, um, I had, I get an agent, I had an agent take me to, you know, uh, take me to the private tryout, the private practices and stuff. And pretty much I had a contract in front of me and said, you know, uh, I needed to gain like 15, 20 pounds. And I saw how much I was going to make and everything like that. I don't think that's very feasible in the, uh, the time frame that they gave me in the contract and things like that. So obviously, um, uh, I, uh, it, going into the NFL to the next level, you know, is, um, wasn't, uh, feasible again for me. So I had to abandon, you know, the, all that stuff, sure. uh, going into the NFL and whatnot. So, uh, naturally, you know, you're in college still, so I needed to figure out what I wanted to do. Uh, so for sure. Uh, yeah. Um, I noticed, uh, at my campus, you know, um, uh, you know, walking around to one of my classes, you know, after football, you know, I noticed there's a really large production kitchen in there. So I was like, Oh, what's, what's going on in there? So, um, I inquired about it. And one of the students said that I was part of uh, an experimental foods class for the nutrition dietetics program. I was like, Oh, um, and I was like, we have this here. And, it, and they're like, yeah, it's part of our family and consumer sciences department. I was like, okay. So needless to say, I was like, you know, when and where sign me up. Like I'm, I'm <laughs> interested in this. This is really, really cool. So, and, uh, uh, you know, I talked with our, uh, um, what is that? Our program director at the time, Miss Ensley Howell, uh, great, great, fantastic motivator. I really, uh, really do appreciate her, uh, uh, guiding me and, uh, into the program and stuff like that and, uh, helping me transform, uh, what it is today, the coordinator program over there. So, um, and, uh, ultimately that's, uh, uh, I wanted to go into dietetics after that and, uh, uh, you know, obviously help, help athletes and, you know, obviously, uh, people achieve uh, goals that are related to nutrition. So, so you, yeah. I mean, you were leaning towards trying to see, uh, if you could go into sports nutrition after you finished your internship. Correct. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, essentially. And, uh, you know, I feel like it would have given me a little bit more of a bargaining chip. I guess you can say if I had my, you know, obviously when you get done with the coordinated program, you get your verification statement, you can immediately sit down for your RD exam. So the, like I said, the plan was to 
take the exam, get my, uh, you know, credentials and then apply to different, you know, uh, uh, sports nutrition internships and things like that. So what was your first job then coming out of your internship? Like, uh, after you finished? Uh, so <laughs> it's, uh, it's funny because, um, you know, I was very heavily invested in the whole, you know, athletic mindset and things like that. And, um, uh, my first dietetics job as a registered dietitian was working at the prison, surprisingly. Uh, but in a sense, if I didn't, you know, if I didn't have my internship, I, or I, I'm sorry, if I didn't have my internship, and I wasn't a dietitian yet because after school, I actually waited on going to, uh, taking my RD exam. Actually, I took about a year and a half off before I decided to sit down for my exam. Uh, so I was, um, I was a kickboxing instructor for a while, and then that kind of opened up the door to uh, different uh, different jobs working with startups as a kind of like a nutritionist, you know what I mean? Applying mm-hmm. all the things I learned from school, right. you know, without, without actually having the credentials. So I worked for, yeah, I worked for a small startup, uh, you know, doing a lot of backend development, data entry, and just kind of like doing a lot of wellness, you know, articles and things like that. Um, obviously, eventually, as with any good things, you know, it's temporary. So obviously, the company folded after about uh, nine months. So as with any startup, as you see. Um, so then I had to, you know, I really needed to hunker down and really think about my career. So I uh, studied for the RD exam uh, for the first part of 2017. I passed in uh, July 2017 and took my first job as a, a registered dietitian painstakingly after like uh, four or five months of job searching. Obviously, <laughs> seems like it seems like an eternity uh, when you pass your RD exam until you get your first darn job. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And then I got my first uh, dietitian job as a registered dietitian in a correctional facility uh, for uh, California Correctional Healthcare uh, Services, which is a subdivision of California Department of Corrections and uh, Rehabilitation. So, mm. I'm curious if you knew that dietitians worked in a correctional facility or that they could have dietitians there. You know, um, obviously, with any you know any of us uh, Gen Y or Millennials, right? We are you know we're scouring the internet for any types of odds and jobs or you know whatever we can get that's full time. You know just so we can get our feet wet. Right. So I stumbled upon the, the, uh, posting on, um, I think I was on Glassdoor, one of those or LinkedIn or one of those websites. So, um, uh, obviously I was like, you know what, I mean, how hard can it really be? I mean, you're just applying what I knew from school in a, in a different setting. It's not a, you know, it's, it's kind of a similar setting, but you know, it's, a uh, uh, it's a, it's a, it's definitely a different setting. So I just went ahead and, uh, applied for it. So so you, I mean, you didn't really know it was a thing until you were kind of like scouring for jobs and you're like, oh, okay. I didn't know. Yeah. So dietitians can work in a correctional right. facility. I'm going to, I'm going to go for this. Is that kind of how it went? Essentially. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously if, uh, you know, you are working in a correctional facility, so what does that entail? High risk, high reward, right? You know, scale. So Obviously, it's paying a lot better than any other starting jobs that I was getting offered and things like that. I did have a job offer with Sodexo. I turned that one down. I think that was in Palm Springs uh, just because the, you know, obviously the rate of pay was just, uh, it was not where I wanted it to be. So, yeah. And then I saw the corrections like, oh, well, this pays a lot more and I really enjoy the work-life balance. So I went ahead and uh, 
uh, applied for that for the uh, for the correctional job. So, and when you applied, did you know exactly what a dietitian did in a correctional facility, or <laughs> did you just apply and you were like, "Oh, this <laughs> it pays really great. I'm just gonna go for it," you know, and I'll figure out what to do once I start. <laughs> yeah, I mean, pretty much. That's just. I mean, it's a lot of people. You know, I mean, that's how a lot of people just go into something new like that, honestly. And, you know, for me, I just really wanted to, uh, you know, start my career wherever it may be. So um, I just, I thought it was very interesting. I don't think a whole lot of people know about dietitians in the correctional setting. And uh, yeah, sure. just one, I just went and I went for it. So yeah. And how would you describe what a dietitian does in a correctional facility? Uh, <laughs> what, what don't, what don't we do? So, um, I mean, it's just like, a, uh, I would say it's just like any other, uh, healthcare setting, honestly. So, um, uh, mind you, just a lot different, uh, rule sets that are set in place. So, you know, there's a lot more security, obviously. And, uh, you know, you've got correctional officers walking around, you have, uh, inmates walking around in the prison as well. You wouldn't think that, you know, you'd think they're just bogged down in their cells 24 seven, but that's really, really not the case. So, Oh yeah. So you were saying, so you don't think it's very much different from any other like health healthcare facilities. So you're still doing things like nutrition, education, and counseling, um, and still providing medical nutrition therapy for whatever health conditions these, uh, inmates might have. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. So what I would like, I would say like, uh, I guess the area of, uh, dietetics I'd be working in is, um, you know, it's a hybrid of like a psychiatric inpatient program and a long-term care facility, essentially. So when I got promoted as the food administrator, um, obviously I stayed within, uh, you know, the prison system to promote. Uh, it was more obviously of a food service management and a, a you know, part-time clinical role. So, and then obviously to my current role right now as a program director, um, you know, I'm, I'm providing a patient-driven care, you know, and a little bit more management, you know, and uh, uh, yeah, so... What do you think are some specific challenges working with this particular population? Oh, man. Uh, some, you know, as a dietitian, definitely the policies and procedures that are, you know, in place for you to provide the care. So, you know, I know a lot of uh, dietitians kind of have a little bit more freedom and flexibility, you know, and the recommendations with a doctor and the healthcare team to provide different types of implementations of MNT to give to, you know, your patients on the outside. Whereas the correctional setting, we literally have a, a small Bible of what we can and what we cannot provide for the, for the patients as a registered dietitian. So obviously, you know, you do see a lot of intricacies of uh, different chronic uh, uh, diseases in the uh, in the healthcare setting, and you can't provide, you know, obviously care to that to that particular individual because the policy says we cannot provide it. You know what I mean? So, so yeah. a lot a lot of rules and regulations. It sounds like. Uh, absolutely, and obviously, um, you know, adapting with another entity, you know, which is the custody aspect of things. So uh, there are certain rules and policies that they have to follow as well when it comes to the, you know, the population that, uh, that we're serving. So, um, but I honestly think it's a very interesting relationship that the, both healthcare and the custody has to navigate to provide the care to the population. So, so I was reading this article. Have you heard of uh, Today's Dietitian? that magazine? Yes. 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 Okay. So I was reading this article about dietitians working in correctional facilities and I found some interesting tidbits from it. And I'm wondering if you can comment on, on some of these things that I read. Sure. So one thing is in terms of like challenges, uh, there's a part of the article that said 
with numbers like these, dietitians and correctional facilities face numerous challenges. For example, including fruit as a part of a balanced meal plan is a good way to add fiber to inmates' diets. However, it can also be hoarded and fermented into pruno, hooch, <laughs> or prison wine. Oh, absolutely. Is that a, so, that's, is that a thing? Oh, absolutely. So we just, again, when I was the food administrator, obviously that gave me a little bit more uh, flexibility on what I can serve my population, right? So, you know, obviously knowing this and knowing that uh, different fermentation processes are using what we learned at school, right? So, you know, orange, oranges, mm-hmm. and different types of fruit that are catalysts, right? To the fermentation process to produce, to produce alcohol, essentially. Sure. So there's obviously certain, you know, foods that I'm, or certain fruits that I'm going to buy and certain fruits that I'm not going to buy for my, you know, population, obviously. Uh, definitely uh, oranges have not been on <laughs> the uh, menu for for quite some time uh, for obvious reasons, right? So, um, uh, you know, it just... Uh, uh, it just definitely need you just need to expand, uh, you know, other ideas of, for, you know, serving your fruit, you know, with a lot of high vitamin C content. So, maybe, yeah. Um, and obviously it needs to be very, very cost, cost effective. And that's one of the biggest challenges as well. When I've been working here is, uh, you know, the amount of, uh, uh budget, uh, dietary allotment that I get. So, you know, you, you gotta make, you gotta make, uh, a, you got to make a lot out of a little, essentially. Sure. So, yeah, and I'm curious because in the article, also in in, re, in regards to making uh, or you know making alcohol, it, this the dietitian says drunken inmates get into fights and cause trouble. In one case, inmates <laughs> tried to make pruno out of baked potatoes and ended up getting botulism. Uh, <laughs> So uh, like like in my time in the uh, uh, in Mississippi, uh, you know, you can buy uh, what is that moonshine for like, oh, right. you know thirty bucks for a gallon, and but, they you go know, blind I, after you drink it. <laughs> precisely, you just got to make sure that you know you hope your your buyer is reputable, right? So <laughs> rep, reputable buyer. So just like what we learned in school, right? Yeah. So, um, but it's 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 a, it's the same thing. I I don't see that in my you know I can't talk for other uh, other institutions across the state, but. I would definitely say that uh, uh, California uh, correctional healthcare systems is definitely uh, uh, pioneering the way that we run uh, uh, healthcare and provide care to the patients in in the, in the correctional setting. So, um, so yeah, that's why we have a lot of you know we have a lot of impl- implementations and things like that. And uh, you know, uh, you do see that, but at the same token, I don't see you know we're dietitians, we don't see a whole lot sure. of the drunkenness and the rowdiness. Yeah, right, right, you know right. I mean? You, you, we, we do, uh, in the correctional say you do witness some very interesting things. Mm. So, uh, you know, not normal things that, you know, you see in the, in the outside uh, setting. So. so there was another, um, in the article, they talked about another challenge is inmates fall, filing lawsuits regard, regarding their food choices. Um, quote, this uh, dietitian said, I had one set of inmates sue because they wanted creamy peanut butter instead of chunky peanut butter. Uh, there's an endless stream of lawsuits in, in which inmates just want a cash settlement or to be provided with something special that would give them some attention. So is, is that a thing too? Like getting sued for like providing a crunchy versus smooth peanut butter? Like, does that, does that ever happen really? (laughs) Uh, yeah, we obviously get a whole lot of whole host of complaints for the food that we're serving to our, our, you know, our population. But like I said, again, you know, we, we are obligated to our, uh, you know, our contracts, you know, 
because we are we are government organizations, so we have to work off of our contracts. And um, you know, they do have the option to you know uh, obviously uh, file a grievance for you know uh, we call those six o twos at my facility. So mm. you know, any inmate has the opportunity to write a formal interview, which is a twenty two. First it goes twenty two, then it goes a six o two. So, you know, obviously the formal interview, a 22 form, they write, Mr. Lauer, I didn't like the roast beef that you provided for us in our sandwiches for my for my hepatic and my renal diet because I'm on dialysis. And you know what I mean? So, you know, we, we get a lot of that stuff. And then, you know, if they don't like the answer that I provide after the formal interview, then they can ha- they can elevate it essentially to 602. And that, you know, that's the grievance process. Then they can essentially, you know, try to make a case, you know, out of. Uh, whatever they're trying to allegate, essentially. So Earlier, we kind of talked about um, how you might do some nutrition education or counseling. And mm-hmm. what does that setting look like? Would you be like sitting Ooh. down one-on-one with whoever you're counseling, like uh, in a room or like, how does that, how does that normally look like? Oh, absolutely. So again, uh, the subtle nuances of prison, right? So um you know, we are essentially our own medical scheduler. So we schedule the patients that we want to see that have, you know, obviously, uh, you know, uh, chronic medical conditions or things like of that sort, you know, that we can provide MMT and provide education for. So we go ahead and schedule those up. Uh, you know, the, uh, the inmate, uh, the, uh, the, 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 the patients get, uh, um, uh, ducats, I guess, you know, that's like their, their, their doctor ticket, right? Their, they get to go out of their, you know, their, their housing and they get to go and get educated, right. For nutrition education and things of that sort. So, uh, you know, we obviously interview them for about 45 minutes to an hour. You know, we do a full, full on nutritional assessment, you know, any type of, uh, history, um, obviously previous medical history, what's going on with them, you know, uh, we're not to the point of doing actual nutrition, physical focus findings. I, I particularly don't want to do that stuff in a correctional <laughs> I'm setting. Sure I mean, I could see we, we, yeah, we, we, you know, we do a lot of more observation than a lot of, you know, physical findings. Uh, and obviously, you know, we were, we're literally face to face with the, with the, uh, with the inmate patient. So, um, you know, obviously, you know, we're in a normal, de- you know, office setting. There's, you know, chair, I have a, I'm, I'm by the door, obviously, in a chair with my, uh, you know, standing computer, you know, and the correctional officers literally right outside of my office door, you know, if anything happens. So it's it's a very safe, you know, obviously, avenue. And, uh, you know, we just do a full on, you know, we get their weight, we get their height, we, you know, we just we just chit chat and we get that what we get their uh, history. And obviously, we provide our uh, our MNT if it's appropriate. So yeah. So obviously, like you were talking about before, so you have the guard outside, and then you obviously guards are walking around in the facility itself. Mm-hmm. So it seems like a pretty safe environment. So you're not worried, like walking around, like you might get shanked <laughs> or something. <laughs> or no. If if uh, like what, what know, if an uh, inmate was mad at you for a particular food that you didn't give or took away or something and I don't know they wanted to come after you or something I don't know. I mean they uh, I mean if you think about it this way so if uh, one of the things I've learned in the correctional setting is the uh, the uh, the inmate population loves uh, three things and if you take away one of those things you know it's something bad's going to happen right. So it's their yard time, their food, and pretty much the program. If you take one of those things, one of those three things away, right, we have some issues. 
but um they know who I am, unfortunately, because they know, oh, it's the big, it's the big dietitian, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, they, they know what I'm, what I'm about and what I do. And, uh, they know that I'm in charge of the food. So, you know, they would rather want to get on my good side and try to manipulate me to try and get some things, obviously, but you know, it never works, but I'll, I let them try. I'd like to, you know, I let, I like to let them try. So it's, it's kind of like my highlight of my day is that. <laughs> It just see okay which 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 way are they going to go with this so right know. right yeah that's yeah so I guess it kind of helps that you're a very I mean you're a large person so maybe mm-hmm. uh, they might be less inclined to try to try to mess with you right and uh, you know I think um, you know you hear about all these uh, you know uh, attacks on staff and things like that but you know our standard part of our per, uh, our standard gear I guess you can say in the correctional setting is we do have a one of those you know little rape whistle type deals. And then we also have a, we also have a personal alarm, which is like a garage door looking kind of a button. You press that button, the CEO immediately is going to come in and, you know, take away the agitation, you know, the agitated individual or what have you. So do you ever have inmates that are on like dialysis? Yes. Uh, uh, San Quentin state prison does have a small dialysis unit. Okay. So so they, they, you guys have your own dialysis center. So Mm -hmm. you wouldn't ever send, um, a patient out to like, I don't know, um, like for <laughs> or something hospital. like that. Well, I think, um, you know, obviously working and partnering with a lot of those dialysis clinics and, uh, you know, seeing which ones are willing to take the risk essentially to, you know, obviously, uh, take on that challenge. Uh, when we do, um, so, you know, uh, St. Quentin is very fortunate that we have our own dialysis unit. So what happens is we have three chairs, we have one isolation chair, we've got two normal chairs. You know, we have a very small population that's getting dialysis, obviously, right? Uh, so, and the schedule Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, that's any pretty standard schedule for any dialysis uh, unit or dialysis outpatient uh, uh, care facility, uh, you know, um, we just have to reach out to any of these pro, uh, any of these uh, companies that are willing to take on that risk to, uh, you know, obviously uh, uh, contract with us to take on uh, that role and fill out that uh, fill the role of a dialysis unit within the prison system. So uh, obviously, you know, we we check up with the patients, we get their normal lab draws. You know, the diet, you know, as dietitians, we have we have a, a pretty much any type of a. a you know, we can ask for any lab value. We even do, uh, uh, what is that, uh, 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 food food allergy lab draws as well if we need to, you know, to, to, to confirm or verify if, they, if the patient does have a gluten allergy or, you know, things of that sort. So, so uh, but yeah. Yeah, so you guys have your own facility, but uh, you guys also reach out to other dialysis centers to see if they'd be willing to partner with you guys. Is, it, is, is that kind of how it works? Uh, they actually reach out to us. We don't, oh. we don't actively reach out to them. So it's, it's, okay. it's, yeah, it's, it's up to the, uh, to the company that wants to contract, uh, with us. They, they, they are the ones to reach out and to provide that, to provide that care. So, okay. Got it. Yeah. And yeah. then do you have any patients that are on like tube feeding or TPN? Do you ever have those types of scenarios or are you normally like sending out the, the patients to like the hospital to deal with that? Right. We have a, it's, it's very few and far between if we do have that. Um, it's more of a peg tubes that we have installed uh, or that we have implemented into the patient populations. If, you know, say if they've been going on hunger strike for a long time and things like that, um, 
you know, uh, obviously, you know, risk of refeeding syndrome, you know, we get them assessed and everything like that in the outside hospital. And then, you know, if they're not, uh, if they can't tolerate, you know, solid foods and we begin the, uh, the peg, peg process. So, and so when they're on peg tubes, um, are they taking care of that themselves, like feeding themselves with the peg tubes? Are they on like pumps at all ever? Or like, how does that work? No, it's more bolus feeding. So, you know, obviously the, 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 uh, the care team is, uh, you know, uh, the LVNs and the psych techs and everyone is, uh, more in charge of that to, you know, ensure that it's cleaned and flushed properly. And, uh, you know, they do a really good job of that. So, so, I mean, I mean, it really does sound like any other healthcare facility that, um, like in terms of what a dietitian would do, like you'd still provide like your nutrition education or counseling, you'd still potentially deal with patients who are on dialysis, uh, patients who may be on peg tube feeding. Uh, so mm-hmm. it's really mostly the particular population you're working with is obviously going to be different from people out in the community. <laughs> I would say so. Yeah. <laughs> more, 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 more or less than not. Yes. Yeah, so it's, yeah. What do you find, what part of your job do you find the most interesting or rewarding? I'd say the uh, most interesting part of my job is um, literally going to prison every day. That's does that sound like a normal thing for you to <laughs> right. <really> do? <laughs> uh, I don't. I, I'm, uh, I'm doing it, as they say for the, a lot of these uh, people who worked in the correctional setting. You know, um, you know when it's when it's time for them to leave. You know, they say that you know I'm paroling. This is my parole date, right? <laughs> because <laughs> they've put in so much time so um but uh you know i i find it very interesting obviously uh you know that i'm i'm physically in prison every day and then also you know i'm i'm working with the you know the inmate population you know i get a real understand i get to really understand and know what it's like in a correctional setting you know what their day is like you know because obviously they're you know everyone makes mistakes no one's perfect right so you know um uh, I, you know, I get to, you know, s- somewhat connect with them and understand what their day to day is like and really see what it's like and, and, you know, on the inside and how their behaviors are and what they, you know, what they like to do, what their interests are and things like that. And, you know, they're very fortunate that they have as much programming as they do at our, at, at, particularly at my facility. Um, you know, we do offer a lot of great programs for the, uh, uh, for the, uh, inmate patient population. Uh, you know, uh, you're able to even get your, uh, uh, your bachelor's at, at San Quentin state prison. So, yeah. So again, so really just offering those programs in our nutrition education program, uh, really understanding the need for, you know, proper nutrition, even if you are in a correctional setting, you know, what that's like, how, how you're able to do that with the, with the, obviously the very, you know, it's technically a food, uh, technically a food desert, right. You know, with the choices that you have with the canteen and stuff like that we're providing. So. Um, and it's, it's rewarding for me, uh, going to my job because I'm, uh, you know, obviously I'm transitioning more into, um, a managerial, uh, position. So learning a lot more about operations management and a fully run a healthcare program, essentially a fully functioning one at that. So, yeah. And I guess that's also, you know, working in that type of setting, it seems like, uh, I mean, just as you, an example, there's opportunities to kind of advance, uh, outside of your traditional like dietitian role? Oh yes. There, you know, that's, that's one thing that a whole lot of people, you know, people don't understand, you know, if, if you're looking for, if you're a dietitian and you're looking for 
you know, advancement or, you know, if you're, you're not getting a whole lot of job satisfaction, um, you know, there are definitely a lot of opportunities to advance in the correctional setting. So, and I kind of want to go back, you know, cause I really appreciated what you said, uh, when you were talking about what you found most interesting that the perspective that you were taking on, uh, for the, the inmates there, it's was really like a very human perspective. Like you're trying to, uh, understand like, you know, everyone makes mistakes, right. And just understanding their perspective and their way of life, because I don't think a lot of people, obviously a lot of people don't know, um, these people and what they go through on a day-to-day basis. So, I think, yeah, I just want to say I really appreciate uh, the perspective that you take in terms of how you uh, view uh, these patients or inmates um, in more of a human uh, way. Right. You know, and it's and it's that should be a lot of our mindsets regardless. You know, I mean, um, you know, I do have access to, you know, obviously very, uh, in, you know, intimate details of, you know, the criminal history and things like that. But, you know, um you know, you, you just still have to provide the care. It, uh, you know, it doesn't matter, you know, what they did or who they are. You know what I mean? You still need to provide the care to some of these patients. And, you know, obviously working with a lot of the inmates in my kitchen and things like that, um, you know, uh, you know, a lot of those guys that are able to hold down jobs and things like that, you know, they're, it's just very petty things, nonviolent things. You know, they have to get heavily screened before they accept a job, you know, anywhere in the inside of the uh, institution or the facility, right? So they get, you know, they have to be screened very well, you know, so it's, it's usually very nonviolent, non, you know, you know, uh, non-serious crimes and you know, petty theft and things like that. So, yeah, and I would think uh, it'd know, be I, yeah. somewhat rewarding to see someone improve, you know, m- making improvements and, um, trying to better themselves in that particular setting. Right. I'm, you know, you, under my tutelage, I have, uh, one of my, in my, uh, inmate cooks, he's, uh, he's finishing up his, uh, his, uh, his GED and, uh, uh, and he's going to be paroling pretty soon. I got another one as well, uh, finishing, finishing up, uh, his, uh, his GED and he really wants to become, you know, a cook on the outside, you know, working in the kitchen, you know, whatever job he can get, obviously, because, and, uh, you know, I'm just, uh, you know, I provide a lot of serve safe materials for a lot of my employees, uh, for my inmate workers as well. So they have a general understanding of how, you know, how to handle food safely and to apply that knowledge into their, you know, into their next life and the next chapter of their life. So, yeah. And that's, that's really awesome to, to see. What advice would you give someone wanting to pursue the area that you're working in? Are there any skills or knowledge that they can try to learn or gain to, to maybe uh, jump into into the correctional facility area? Oh, absolutely. Um, I would say uh, a couple of attributes you definitely got to have is, uh, uh, you know, you got to have some thick skin being in there. Obviously it's, uh, it's definitely a different environment out there. And, you know, sometimes you get verbally berated, you know what I mean? They'll, they're going to call you names. They're going to, you know, it is what it is. It's, you know, uh, it's not normal, but you know, it's, it's, it's the way that, you know, looking at some of these guys history and their social history and things like that, you know, reviewing the stuff with the social worker, you know, they kind of had a pretty, pretty tough life and this is how they're coping and reacting you know, with the traumas that they had to deal with and things of that sort. So just having really thick skin and really uh, being empathetic and understanding of what's going on in their, you know, 
you know, in the previous history and what's going on now where they're at. So um, definitely being flexible, uh, being flexible, you know, you may be asked to do something that's a little bit out of your scope, but not too much. Okay. You know, it's still, you're still part of the operation, you know, being flexible into getting pulled into doing, you know, uh, you know, educations or, you know, possibly teaching, uh, you know, a class or things like that. Okay. And, uh, definitely, uh, stress management, you know, obviously you're going to be put in some pressure cooker situations, um, and, uh, you know, learn as much as you can as well. Uh, that's, that's definitely one thing I would, uh, tell any dietitian, uh, to, uh, to be, uh, is to learn as much as you can learn about the operation, how it ticks, you know, uh, get, uh, communication skills, obviously. So when you reflect back a little bit and, you know, when you reflect on how, you know, what first interested you in nutrition and kind of your experiences, I'm curious if you felt like if you, or if, if you thought this, that you would be a dietitian in a correctional facility. Oh man. Um, uh, this is one of my, uh, preceptors, uh, told me this is, uh, you never know where you're going to land as your first career in dietetics. So be mindful and be open. I, that's one of the things that she told me, I will never, ever forget it, uh, to this day. And that's definitely something that a lot of dietitians should be open about, you know, it doesn't matter what it is. You know what I mean? You should be open. And I would never thought I would be in a prison healthcare system, but surprisingly here I am. So, uh, Again, I always thought I was going to be in the sports dietetics and, you know, be have a very successful and happy career career there. So, but, you know, it's uh, uh, things happen like what my preceptor said. Just got to be, you know, be open and uh, 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 be mindful. So, yeah, and those are really good words of wisdom, and I think that's that's the kind of goal for this podcast is to to keep an open mind uh, in terms of oh, yeah. where dietitians can work in. And yeah, and see where it takes you. Cause I really do feel like in the end, things kind of work out the way that they should. And you're, you're absolutely, you're absolutely right. I just, um, you know, uh, you have, a, everyone has a plan, right? You know what I mean? You, you have a, you had a, you had a plan. I had a plan, you know, you know, I'm sure a lot of young dietitians have plans. Like, you know, I'm going to work for, wherever they're living at whatever state they're in, I'm going to work for this healthcare system. I'm going to promote, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do, you know, that's, that's, I'm, that's very, that's a very good mindset. You should have a plan. That's a very excellent thing that you should do and you should have, but you know, always have a plan B. What if that doesn't work out? What's your plan B? Okay. What's your plan C? What's your plan Z, right? Always be mindful and always accept what's, what's, what's going to be coming toward you, no matter what it is. Cause that opportunity could lead to, you know, can open so many more doors than if you were to say, ah, I don't want to work there. What, what, why, you know, being closed minded and, you know, sh you know, shoving it off, uh, you know, you never know where that opportunity could lead you in your future. So definitely. Is there any last, or is there any question that I didn't ask, or is there anything else that you'd like to share some things that most people don't know about the field that I work in, right. About being in a correctional setting is, um, you know, believe it or not, there are a lot of trainings that, you know, the dietitians and all the healthcare personnel have to go through, uh, therapeutic strategies and interventions. It's our TSI training, how to deescalate a hostile or imminent situation, you know, talking, 
you know, obviously de-escalating a particular situation with a very hostile uh, individual, right? That's one of the things that, you know, uh, we've, we've learned to, to do, obviously, in our, in our setting. You know, learning about uh, safety and security, learning about the different, you know, lethal and non-lethal, uh, um, I guess you can say, uh, devices that are deployed on the population, you know, and, and really keeping your cool under pressure. So uh, this job's taught me a lot about patience and, uh, you know, just uh, um, and, and being very uh, open and mindful for any challenges that may come. So Right. Okay, well, I really appreciate your time, Harrison. I think this has been really insightful. And for me, at least, like, you know, again, I really had no idea. I mean, I had a clue, but not really in terms of what a dietitian does in, you know, in a correctional facility. So again, I appreciate you sharing your insights and your advice and thoughts. It's, it's been really awesome to, to hear that. Hey, Jason, I want to thank you again for having me on here. And, uh, you know, you're, you're really doing a, a fantastic job with this, uh, reaching out to the, uh, to the community, uh, in our, in our field essentially. And, uh, you know, just spreading the word, you know, the, you know, our, our jobs aren't only just relegated to, you know, the normal clinical, you know, hospital setting or long-term care facility setting or dialysis setting. There uh, dietetics is what you make of it essentially. Uh, you know, so just, you know, be open-minded, move forward with, uh, you know, whatever challenges or, or, uh, you know, opportunities presents itself. So, If you want to learn more about dietitians in correctional facilities, I've attached the Today's Dietitian article link in the podcast description. And thanks again to Harrison for providing us a different perspective on an interesting setting that dietitians can work in. If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing on whatever platform you're listening this on. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, it would help us out if you left a rating or review. And if you or anyone you know works in a unique or niche field of nutrition and would like to be on the show, please reach out to me on social media or at our website, www.dietitiansunknown.com. Thanks for listening.